art show by Teapot Cast with your host, Milo H.G. Waters. Today I'm talking to Jay Bird about incorporating his musical inventions into theatre, dance, and recorded media. So sit back, pop the kettle on, and enjoy the conversation. Please welcome the artistic director of Falcon Productions, working in both live and recorded media, and an ingenious inventor, my friend, Jay Bird. Milo. How's it going, man? What's in your teapot? <laughs> Black coffee, which is cheap, but still delicious. Mm. Yeah, but it's not in Very a teapot. True. I think people might take a bit of an issue with me putting coffee in a teapot. but um, That would be a heinous crime against hot beverages. <laughs> and you would not be forgiven for it. But yeah, I, I get what you mean about black coffee, man. It's uh, just the uh, the classic staple, isn't it? Can't go wrong. Delicious. Keeps me going. Mm. <laughs> right. So, um, we have a lot to talk about, man. You have been very busy from the sounds of things. Um, For sure, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Falcon Productions then? Uh, yeah, how did this get started? Is there anything happening at the moment or coming up that people can look forward to? Okay, well, um, I mean, we can, we, can, we can start at the start. So, yeah, we've been working as a group um for about a year now um and that started off just working remotely um we're a, a theater and film production company so we we put together live shows but these shows are always recorded um so that it can be put out on the internet as well and uh we're trying to take a an approach towards filming theater uh, which isn't as standing cam, uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong to see this uh, uh, Royal Shakespeare Company productions and everything. It's a privilege to watch them from the sofa, but they're often filmed from quite far back and just from one perspective. Yeah, it doesn't really make the most of the camera work, does it? You know, you that I think that uh, when, when you introduce camera work into theatre, it you know, like ju- just sit pretending that the camera is just an audience member and you're sitting it in one place, pointing yeah. at the stage. Like it kind of makes sense on paper, but you're you're not using the camera, the cinematography, I guess, to uh, to to make the most of what's what's happening, what's being filmed, and that just seems like a real missed opportunity. So, so I guess you you know you you tackle it a bit differently then. Well, we're trying to build images and create things which really draw people in and get them excited and oh, to feel big emotions, you know. And I, I just, it's very important to me to to try and keep that feeling um, outside of the theatre because it's getting more and more difficult to get people into the theatre for all sorts of different reasons, obviously. Um, But what what I should say is, even though we have been meeting for about a year, there's been no actual productions yet which have been finished. Um, I've been working for about six months on a show called Dreamer, which is a combination of dance and animation and we're doing light work, so we've built these these outfits made out of light, which can turn on and off, and we do choreography and dances surrounding that. 
Okay, hold on. How do you mean outfits built out of light? So they're simple, just black outfits, and then we use. Is it is uh, it like a like a one piece thing, like a? Some of them are like a morph suit. Okay. Yes, yeah, some yeah, like some of them are. Um, the ones that I wear are more like three piece actual suits. Um, oh, okay. It's it's called um, RL wire, and it's very cheap. You can get it for about um, you can get about twenty meters of it for twenty quid. Oh. So it, um, and this is something that's only been invented in the past few years. You know, previous to this, if you wanted to make a outfit out of light, you'd have to have a pretty severe production uh, yeah. budget, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, but yeah, we so- have triggers in our hands which. Which turn on and off different parts of the body. Oh, okay. So, so the whole outfit is kind of, I guess, like lined with this, this like what? What is it? Kind of like uh, electric light up. Yeah, it's like a wire, kind of a wire which lights up right. a different. Oh, color. okay, right. Ah, oh, so and that's just like stitched into the material, and uh, you control right. it with controls at your fingers. Yes, that's right. Well, that, I mean, God, yeah, I can see the potential for, uh, you know, for movement, for all sorts of visual. Um, I just want to be clear that this wasn't, like, exactly my original idea. Like, I haven't invented uh, the idea of a light-up outfit. Um, no. Of course, they already exist, but the, what what takes what I think takes ours apart from other people's is that because they're live manipulated by the performer instead of having it pre-programmed to do a certain number of things it allows for improvisation by the performer to really play around with the idea of having just their arms visible to the audience or just their legs or one arm and one leg Uh, because of that you could make say a very wide person by having one performer having their left arm and left leg showing and another performer having their right arm and right leg showing and then they slowly step apart seeming to stretch themselves yeah yeah Yeah, gosh, loads of potential in that then. Um, so yeah, so uh, you were saying you were working on um, on a dance piece uh, using those, and uh, did you say you were um, throwing some animation in there as well? Yeah, I'm a I'm a bit of a bit of an amateur animator. Uh, that's another thing I've been doing for a few years now. Um, started off just in digital and then went to doing frame by frame with paintings and then more recently i've stepped back into the world of digital taking what i've learned from uh, physical mediums and to to try and incorporate the animations into the real world um we we create kind of like magic on stage by moving our hands and then projections of this animations of fire and water appear between our hands and it's just being projected onto the stage and onto the performer the combination of front and back projection but from the audience perspective it's quite a magical um it's quite a magical thing to see um imagine yeah that's really cool man so yeah yeah so how did you kind of uh i don't know it 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 seems to me like it's uh, Falcon Productions. It's a, a theater and recorded media company, but it's really being. It sounds like it's kind of really being led by the tech developments, and uh, you know, and what what's making things possible on how they how they make new possibilities on stage. Is that correct? 
Completely, yeah. I'm trying to take this beautiful history of theatre and dance and see what regular old people like me and my cast members can do given the technology we have access to. And it's this twofold thing going on here. You know, I'm a big appreciator of poor theatre and everything, and I, th- I love a one-man show by a light. You know, it's it, it, uh, that can be fantastic. And I think it has a place in modern theatre. But all of this voodoo, magic, technical <laughs> wizardry that that used to be only accessible to people in Hollywood, you can now do on a £100 laptop. So um, it, it allows for different perspectives um, with all this, as you say, yeah, a, bit, a lot of tech development. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing that in kind of in all sectors of uh, of uh, beyond just the creative sector, actually, like, you know, in all areas of, uh, of of production that these, you know, it's easier. It's easier for people who are starting up because we have access to so much more uh, technology that can do things, uh, you know, like you say, you know, a laptop can now do what you'd need, you know. Um, a few supercomputers, a, a whole yeah. studio, a whole team of light riggers, you know, all of this. Exactly. Um, yeah. So tell me, like, what um, what else um, is kind of really influencing you on the, the theatre and the dance side? Uh, you've mentioned poor theatre. I'm guessing, is that uh, uh, Grotowski? I... Yeah, I think it yeah. is. I was I was worried to... I, that's the that's what I was going to say before, but I decided that just in case I was wrong, no, I'm yeah, no yeah, expert I, in Grotowski. Let's no, say me it, put neither. It that I've 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 dipped into him a little bit. Um, I've I've tried reading. Uh, I think toward yeah, that's it. Yeah, towards towards the, the part. Yeah, it's a tricky read. It's a very tricky read. It's just kind of excerpts of like interviews and uh, and random bits and stuff, isn't it? But I like I. I I kind of see what he was, what he was getting at. It was it was supposed to be really stripping stripping things back to their bare elements, wasn't it? Very yeah. sort of minimalist. But that, um, but you know, he still used like uh, like I remember reading about a performance where uh, that he did on on a university campus, I think, and they they built these like big metal structure structures. They were very basic metal structures, but you know, they were still they were still using um you know what was around them what was available to them in terms of mm. their materials to make something that was you know quite uh impressive quite or you know awe inspiring a little bit um yeah. and when we think of uh you know of, of of stripping things back in that sort of minimalist way we tend to think that you have to abandon the the sort of awe droppingness and i think the way that you're you know when you're incorporating light um that in and of itself um you know the kind of light word that you're talking about it it is such a strong element that you you know yeah do you see what i'm getting at? yeah I, I see i see what you're getting at i think the way that i'd put it is that when you're using light as a medium um and especially when we're talking about new tech and grand tech um people think of these kind of uh almost visually or uh overwhelming experiences you know they are imagining strobing lights and these kind of festival pyrotechnics and all of that modern tech but uh, in my practice i would say that there's great space for subtlety within this tech and i love simply for example taking a face speaking by candlelight storytelling 
Um, and for the for the person telling the story, when they finish, they could blow out the candle, and on a projected screen, the candle would then appear there just once, and then twice, and then three times, and it would multiply into a sea of light. And at no point would that be kind of visually overwhelming. It's like the space for the subtlety and for this beautiful, technically impressive visuals side by side. So I love the poor theatre. I love the what we have access to and bring it all together um, into something magical, which audiences will remember and hopefully affect them in some way, you know? Oh, absolutely, mate. I totally get what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important the, the point you're bringing up about there, I- there is space for both. Um, I think, uh, you know, cause if you, if you go for the, the big flashy, ta-da, um, you know, all the time from start to finish, then it totally loses its impact as well, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, I do think they are, they are very much two sides of the same coin. Um, that way yeah and it's really interesting to see you bringing that in so um yeah is there anything kind of uh what's on the horizon for falcon productions then well we're currently there's there's 14 of us right okay but a lot of those people are students um yeah i love to bits but um everyone's got their own plan you know i'm in my third year of university at york st john um I'm 24, so I've I've arrived at uni a bit late. Um, so a lot of my cohort are a bit a bit younger; they're 21, 22, yeah, um, just a little bit. But they are all planning to take big steps in their own life in different directions. And some of my company are are really excited about sticking around with me, and. Uh, other people are going to move on to the next step in their lives. So if we're talking on the slightly longer term, moving towards next summer, yeah, I want to do a lot of I want to do a lot of bringing the work into the real world, and that will mm. probably be with a smaller a smaller cast. Um, I want to see if we can get this show Dreamer finished by Christmas, um, to the aim of performing it in university in York, and also potentially taking it to fringe shows next summer, but. I've got puppets and I've got a tiny little projector and I'd love to just go into the park at dusk uh, somewhere and give out some free little shows and garner some interest and start to get people talking about um, Falcon Productions. Yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a a really generous way to to kind of market yourself like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool, man. Um, and yeah, it's it, you know it's so difficult, isn't it? The end of uh, university time because you know um, you you spend so much time with people in that really like contained environment, and then uh, the end comes, and uh, yeah, everyone does have their own uh, lives to to go off and do, and sort of figuring out. Um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a tricky transition, isn't it? But... I think it's. Just, I've already been working remotely with a bunch of different people, and the company itself is split into like right now is into three different parts. There's there's the dancers, what we call the light chorus, and musicians, and they don't meet up with each other that often. You know, like uh, ah, obviously yeah. there's um, certain impositions that COVID has upon 
rehearsals. Yeah, of course. Um, we were always going to work like this anyway. The, so the, this, the plan always was to work in working groups, um, mm. but certain working groups, like the musicians say, it's perfectly fine to meet up in this kind of format, talking remotely. Um, mm. So I would say that it's not like the company is in its current form is going is ever going to disappear because of what we're recording and what we're doing. And these guys are building dreamer just as much as I am. And if it lives on, it will live on. They will live on within it, even if they are teaching or whatever they plan on doing next, you know? Yeah, man, of course. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's, it's great that so early on you've had the chance to work with the, uh you know, such a, such a big company because, you know, things tend to, things tend to start out small, don't they? Um, so yeah. Why don't you, uh, tell me a bit about your other inventions? Because I know there's been a few, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there've been a couple, um, we'll say three that work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe five that, are kind of kind of work (laughs) well that's always the way though isn't it like you've got you know you've got to try things to find out if they work or don't work and you know that's that's half the battle isn't it just keep uh you know keep putting things out there and figure out what sticks yeah exactly well i mean okay so we'll start off where i where i started off which was that um i'm a lover of clowning and clowns Mm. Uh, I'm in a bit of a clowning production myself now. We won't get too into that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I was doing tech for a, for a clown show last year, and uh, in a bit at the end of the show, they destroyed a piano, an actual piano, um, with hammers. So this 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 guy had hammers taped to his hands, and he to the it was playing I think Bohemian Rhapsody. And he was playing Bohemian Rhapsody on the piano, but with the hammers, so it was destroying it. Ah. And uh, the university was throwing the piano out anyway, so it was all completely fine. They had permission to do it. But but I had permission to, at the end of the show, take what was left. Because <laughs> I planned on using it for sculpture. I just thought, load okay. of great wood. You know, a piano is so cool and interesting. It's full of stuff. Yeah. Like, And I just thought, no offense to my friend. He's, he's a big, strong man. But um, he had no chance of actually destroying that piano with those hammers. Like, he broke mm. the keys. But... Yeah, but they're big, <laughs> solid, sturdy things, aren't they, to go at? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so at the end of that show, uh, everyone went to the pub, and I stayed behind with my toolkit, dismantling the piano. <laughs> and so I took it home. I took the interior of the piano home, and using that and like some Arduino and little bits of electronics, um, turned it into a piano which can play anything. So the originally the idea was it was I was sitting at my window. It's called the hard key. And it has a microphone in it. And I would hear the birds twittering outside my window, uh, record that with the hard key, and then it would turn it into a kind of, you know, like a piano's seven, eight note scales. Um Okay. On, the white, on the white keys to attempt to um, simply, you know, the birds would play and then I would play the birds. Okay, so explain to me how um, 
in ideally in terms that uh, a lay person like me who doesn't understand anything about inventing musical instruments and stuff um ex- explain to me how you get from um a battered up acoustic piano to um a device that so it records just sound and then translates that into a piano medley yes yes um so one thing is that i cannot take credit for inventing ableton live which is an awesome software i'm sure you've heard of um it's a music production software okay and it has features included within its section called max for live which makes a lot of this easier to me you see what i can do is i can turn the piano key pressing very simply into you know i press the piano the piano tells the computer i've been pressed um the computer then tells ableton i've been pressed and i use that to split it into something called midi which is like an electronic um, way of seeing note structure. Okay. Um, And within Ableton, there's something called the sampler, and the the sampler can take any sound. So you could just, you could go into it, test, and then it would split that into, it would create, it would shift the word test to A, to B, to C, to D, to E, and split that across the piano. What I do is I get it to feed back into itself like a feedback loop. So whilst the piano tells the computer I'm being pressed, Ableton sorts out some of the maths, which I find a little bit mind-boggling, and it loops it round and sends it back to the piano to play out of it. Right. Um, But uh, what I would say is that... Yeah, that that kind of makes sense to me, but that's bonkers, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's 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 it, again, it's something which kind of you know the idea of sampler already exists, which is just taking yeah, yeah. any any sound and and turning it into uh, something which can be played using notes. But it wasn't very. It's in fact, it's in no way accessible to your average person. They're going to have to spend hundreds of hours learning able to. Um, yeah. Well, not to do that. You could probably do that after a few tutorials, but there is a barrier of entry. Whereas yeah. if this hard key was set up in a train station or something anybody could go and say hello into it and then they could play hello 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 and that could be a kid you know and it it, they would never be able to create that but they would be able to enjoy partaking in it if that makes sense so we create this electronic thing we physicalize it make it a bit more real a bit more tangible and playable with yeah well, that sounds really cool. I mean, do do you have any 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 sort of plans to produce it, or like what what sort of application do you have in mind for it? Like, well, I I'm not really sure. It, it, the most I'm, fun that I've had with it has been using it as a live sampler. So, like yeah. playing, you know, um, when people produce music electronically, they usually do it on a timeline, which is yeah. awesome. Um, but I just love live love live um and so you can use the hard key to play um to play samples as well Mm. and then if you play them all in time it kind of sounds like a song and my first single shiro was using the hard key light as a live sampling device to play a song Mm. 
Ah, okay. Well, speaking of which, we do have a sample of uh, Shiro, don't we? Um, yeah. Yeah? So, shall we give that a listen? Sounds good to me, man. beautiful sound it's kind of it's not it's kind of like a bit between a guitar and a piano almost like yeah we can take all sorts of different sounds and translate them into different kinds of things you know yeah um, so so in that shiro song uh, what was it that the hard key was sampling uh there's a, a bunch of different things i think in that song alone there was like 40 different samples from different things um they're all they're all from a repository called uh the free sound library where people contribute sounds okay with the aims to people making music out of them yeah um and they will use other people's music it's like a community where everyone's decided we're sick of a this terrible copyright system Mm. um and we're gonna try and build music together as a community um, that's as cool, opposed man. to that's very cool and then anyone can make money out of it if that makes yeah. sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I d- I, there's obviously sample culture is all about stealing but I've, from time in an, an arts school I, I hate the phrase stealing like artists I just hate it so much <laughs> um, I think it encourages people to be unoriginal yeah, and, um, and in a already living in a kind of stimulus culture, like make yeah. this based on this, this not into that. Yeah, I think I think you can you can always tell when you're looking at something whether it's it's you know just a, a lazy money grabbing rip off or whether it's you know it's something else. It's something that's that's building on what some what another artist has already put down and expanding it into something new. Whether it's uh, you know, paying homage to something or, or or referencing something, you know, with with positive intentions. You, I think, you can always tell the difference when you're looking at it. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but it's a it's a hard line to kind of uh, to draw, isn't it? Um. So okay, that's really cool. Uh. So you said there were a couple of other inventions that we could talk about, perhaps. That's right. So I'll try and be a bit. I feel like. I'm not very good at explaining these things concisely or well. Hey, that's fine, mate. That's fine. We've got all the time you need. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try a bit harder with this one. All right. Um, so, sorry, I'm just having a bit of a internet problem. Oh, uh, no problem. 
can you hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, but it's coming through a little bit weird. Um, okay, no, I think we're good now. Are we good? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, sorry about that, Milo. We'll just pretend that didn't happen and I'll just yeah, answer, no your, I'll answer yeah, your question. No problem, no problem. <laughs> we'll just leave a bit of silence so that it's yeah. easy for you to read it. Cool. Okay, so motion instruments. Yeah. Um, the idea here would be if we can take, um, if you can take your hands and move them on the piano to make mm. any any sound. Uh, what if we removed the piano? Uh, so, okay. You, uh, the I think the easiest way I've found to explain this one is to ask if you've heard of um, Just Dance. Um, is it? Uh... Uh, like the 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 Wii game or something like that. Like... Yeah, yeah. There was one on Wii. You know where you hold those controllers in your hands and then you dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was for the, the Xbox made a version of that game later on that didn't have the controllers. It was oh, just oh, uh, the Connect. Yeah, yeah, the Connect. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh. The the Connect was just a very clever camera which looked to a body and detected how it was moving it just would watch to see it, it knew what bodies looked like ai and, yeah, it, man. and it could I never, tell I, how it was moving yeah i never had one but um i can remember having an old eye toy on playstation 2 that was uh, that was like the uh the the predecessor the primordial version of that it was yeah i never had any of this stuff either but i was always kind of interested by it yeah um but so nowadays uh uh hd camera in your laptop can do the same thing okay so what the what the motion instruments are very simply is you move your body and it makes music <laughs> but that's pretty cool so we use uh, vst instruments and vst instruments can be anything like you could record the sound of a piano like you can get a vst for just uh you know a grand piano uh or everything through that into bass sounds, synth sounds, bird sounds, any sounds. Um, split it into a gigantic scale, which can be triggered with the motion of your body. Um, so this one, again, would live in public spaces. Uh, people would come up to this machine, and when they approached it, as soon as they got to it, it would, it would make a, a note. And then as they move their body in a certain way, it would make that note again. If they move their body in a different way, it would make a different note. And then they could just sit there going, making madness out of it. Or, you know, you could equally, you could try and control your body, become aware of your movement and how you are in the space, in this regular space, somewhere where usually people don't have an awareness of their bodies in order to control yourself well enough to make music. Because in some ways, it's kind of like a theremin. And you see how hard people have to try to hold their hands still playing the theremin. You know, doing that with your whole body is quite difficult. Um, so it's not that sensitive, I guess you could say. You can turn its sensitivity up and down. Ah, okay, right. So when it's in a public space, it's got to be not that sensitive. So when uh, people yes. come up to it, they can actually make music out of it as opposed yeah. to it just being a cacophony. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. That's very cool, man. I mean, yeah, I can, I, I can see these things um, as having use just, just sort of like livening up public spaces, and uh, you know, it, 
yeah, it does just seem fun and uh and really sort of satisfying to you know especially like you know i'm i i'm thinking about it because i have very little music musical ability i've never picked up an instrument or anything like that and uh yeah i know i'd love it to walk up to something in uh in the middle of i don't know uh times square or whatever and uh you <laughs> know thinking big <laughs> yeah well yeah i don't know first place that came to mind you know <laughs> but, yeah, I'd you know, be yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know even in the middle of like you know a little library or something or maybe that's yeah, too yeah. small too quiet for it uh but <laughs> i know what you mean you know yeah um yeah so it could be the, really the, cool the, sorry the the last thing i was to say about this is that the, the the slightly less uh just for fun application of the motion instruments is mm. that they are when fine fine tuned yeah just just the slightest movement of your body triggers notes just v- the very slightest motion and yeah. at first i found this very annoying um until i realized that it was actually an instrument that could be played by like near paraplegics people that could barely move their body could trigger this thing. Uh, I thought, well, how sensitive can it go? And it turns out that me, when I just got it to focus on my eye, uh, all I did was I got it to focus on my eye and I could produce seven notes just with the movement of my eyelash. So that made me think that in the future, this could have implications for instruments for people with disabilities. That is fantastic. That yeah. Yeah, of course. Like that 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 makes so much sense. Um yeah, I mean when you were, you know, when you were talking through it the um well the previous in, um motion uh inventions, I was thinking like, you know, this sounds really cool. I can't work out what it's for, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who's yeah. sat there going, <laughs> this is exactly what I need. Like and uh yeah, I think that's really cool, man. Um and such a yeah, such a worthwhile application for it. What I really um, would love is to meet a musician who loved playing guitar mm. but had a really terrible accident and had their hands destroyed. Uh, but he's still got <laughs> loads of money and he's going to fund me to actually build some of these sensitive machines for people <laughs> to, for people with disabilities to test out because, uh, you know, I've tried it, but I, I, they haven't gone out into testing yet mm. and that needs money. So, uh, you know... Who yeah. knows? If, if well, there is I'm, someone out there listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you could find funding for that. I'm. Uh, I'm quite certain. But mm. yeah, man. Well, yeah, and all all the best of luck to you on that. Like, I I really hope that um, you know, that comes about and these things get uh produced in a way that's going to be uh really helpful and beneficial to a lot of people. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you asked me earlier what about about what comes next, but I've, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this on you a bit, Milo. I'm, oh, okay. I think maybe that this podcast has not had asking you enough questions. So here's my proposition for you, my friend. Okay, hit me up. You you do stilts, right? Uh, I do do stilts. Yeah, I can okay. walk on peg stilts. Okay, awesome. So how about this? In the summer, I would like to build a costume between two people wearing stilts. Mm. It it would be a beast, like an animal, which walked around 
the park or something. Oh, <laughs> would yeah, you man. Like, would you well, like to do that with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. Absolutely, mate. Uh, I mean, great minds think alike because uh, I, um, I have been working on a, a costume for one person on stilts and one person off stilts um, for um, another uh, group that I'm working with. Um, but yeah, man, I'm absolutely up for that. Um, I need to get some practice in, to be honest. Like, I've not had much chance to go on them uh, since yeah. the weather's turned. And uh, yeah, I haven't been I on them in years. But I feel like once yeah. you learn something, maybe you, I'll pick oh, it up again. Yeah. I'm a bit yeah, taller. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, for for that big costume work, though, I think uh, um, I'm better off with the pair of plasterers stilts. Uh, just because they've got the, you know, they've got the flat bottom, so they're less, they're less pretty. Like you can't move as, uh, as nicely in them, but they're a lot more stable. And for, for big costumes and for long gigs, I think that's, uh, that's the way to go on them. Yeah, yeah, that sounds uh, fantastic. Yeah, man. Hey, all the, all the things that we need, eh? All the <laughs> little bits yeah. uh, to go on the Christmas list. <laughs> oh man, the Christmas list. Don't remind oh, me. <laughs> yeah, <isn't it>? um, <laughs> yeah. What does Christmas look like for you at the moment? Like, you got any plans uh, at the moment? Got no idea. Honestly, I've got no idea. Yeah. Um, I live in uh, York, mm. so probably stay in York. If uh, I'd like to come home um to my parents home the thing is, is, yeah. this is it's like boris would like to enforce a movement of all students in a few weeks yeah let's I move know. everybody all at the same time that seems like a great way to avoid transmissions yeah it's just the whole thing's just a bit silly and i i, I there's a couple of things going on one is that i this is my home so i don't want to live in buxton for a month um yeah another thing is I guess this is quite personal, but like I don't want to spend that time on my own, and I feel like lots of the people that I know here are going to go to their families, and that mm. leaves me kind of thinking, hmm, what am I going to do? So maybe I'll come to Buxton and spend it with my parents at socially distanced. Yeah, <laughs> no idea, my love. It's no, no mate. Nobody has any bloody idea. It's uh, yeah, it's all a bit of a crazy mess at the moment, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're all just working it out as we go along, aren't we? Um, I'll tell you that I'm a workaholic and I'll be working on Christmas for sure. No matter where I am, I'll be doing <laughs> something. I'll be making something. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's feel... all, yeah, particularly these days, it's all you can do, isn't it? Like, we've got to stay busy, haven't we? For sure, yeah. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you did say you wanted to get this uh, um, something with the the falcon productions out by christmas wasn't it the some... finished by christmas finished. Yeah. yeah that's well like just have it like we know exactly what the show is from beginning yeah. to end because it's so it's been so in development you know this whole time yeah. and it's been exciting playing with all these different ideas but mm. uh, now i'd like to get to the point where it is certainly not adding anything new you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, su I suppose that's that's been the the blessing and the curse of having been working on something over lockdown. That you know, you've had low. You know, it's like it's like getting a six month extension on your rehearsal period, isn't it? But yeah. at the same time, you know, by um, there comes a point where it's just like you know, it's it's ready to go now. Um, I feel like I should let people know. I don't know why, but I feel like I should just say that we we do socially distance and wear masks in the studios. Um, 
which is something which obviously can't be said for a lot of different sectors. And mm. I'm very gutted to see that theatre hasn't been allowed to return to the stages until next year. I think it's unreasonable. And mm. I agree completely. It's not. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's not difficult to to make a theatre auditorium COVID secure. Um but the issue is that if you're if you're doing it that way, then theatres end up losing, uh, you know, like a third of their potential income just uh, just on what they can sell because they've got to keep people, um, you know, a seat apart or whatever. Um, so it becomes financially unviable for them to open, and they're just not being given uh, the support from the government to to back them yeah. up, are they? Um, exactly. You know, yeah. It's it, there's a couple of. What I say is that, yeah, what you just said, of course, you know, running at half capacity or third capacity, but having the rest of the seats paid for by the government would be amazing. Um, but a potentially more realistic solution would be to see how we can move theatre outside, see how, like, I know yeah. it's the UK, it's difficult, but <laughs> we, there's so many of us, we can think of it, we can come to a solution, you know, we, we can. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in outdoor performances, and uh, I think even in even in the winter there would be ways of uh, ways of doing it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people are prepared to stand outside, you know, wrapped up in their coats, has hats, scarves, and gloves to uh, you know to watch a bonfire um, yeah. and to watch fireworks every year. So you know, you stick a, a tarp over their heads, and they won't even get wet. And uh, you know, you. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think about how far away our culture is from, in a, of an evening, going and sitting around a fire to listen to the storyteller speak. Mm. Um, and that's something that's a little bit possible in winter. Imagine that going with your kids or your nephews, nieces and nephews to, to go and sit by a fire completely warm. And then a man would tell you a story. Yeah. Or a woman. Or a man and a woman. Anybody. <laughs> Yeah, man, for sure, and uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's one of the things that really attracts me to uh, to live theatre. That uh, you know, in in this super digital globalized world, um, we're more connected with people distant from us and events and places that are distant from us than we've ever been able to be before but uh particularly when you throw lockdowns into the mix um i feel like we're more distant from our immediate community our immediate surroundings than ever before um yeah. you know um particularly in the uk it feels like a lot of communities have been have been hollowed out to some degree um and i think the potential for live performance to to bring people together um and to reinstill that sense of community and uh you know of course if you're doing it outside you can be socially distanced and all the rest of it but it's still being in the same place with these people and being able to look around and go you know these are my neighbors we're all here in this place to to experience this thing that's only happening at this time here that's yeah. you know that's quite special and it's i think a way of grounding us in reality that even though ironically it's uh you know it's an act of escapism to you know go to the theater and watch a show but i think it you know it kind of grounds us in our reality in a way that's uh that's much needed in the age where you know you can sit on social media 24 7 like yeah i i think that you know there's 
a definite mindset that uh, there's a big difference between artists who um, are attempting to make their living and artists which uh, whose work everyone consumes on Netflix, you know? And for some reason, there's become a disconnection in in a lot of people's minds between these two groups of people when, in fact, everyone in the latter group, the group that's being watched, has come from this previous group of people yeah. who are struggling to get by. And they, it's, it's a little bit insane, I, I think. But it, I, I think that artists and art has a, has a, has a the potential to make a big difference as a greater part of society. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. I don't think that when we defund the police, the clowns are going to take over when <laughs> someone has a domestic dispute. Like I'm not bonkers, but I, you know, just thinking about how arts therapy is so niche right now. Whereas, you know, I would, I would love a system where <laughs> when you're drunk and disorderly, you go and sit down with someone with some paints talk a bit about <laughs> why you're drinking draw your favorite drink the first time you drank it you know i don't know yeah, something uh, just, yeah, sounds I a bit mad but getting that um i mean i think uh, i think it potentially ties into because i i agree i think we 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 ought to um just just reconsider how we look at artists in in connection with uh, just looking again at how we're looking at you know all professions and all sectors of uh, of society and the economy and things uh but i think it ties in with uh, the the talk about our high streets and this is something that people are always banging at well they've been banging on about you know for as long as i can remember that you know the the death of the british high street supposedly yeah. it's been in uh in very very slow agonizing death for the past 10 years at least but um you know apparently it's uh this this might be the uh the one that really kicks it and i think uh you know there's no escaping the fact that online shopping is more convenient for the consumer and potentially actually more efficient uh you know if all of your you're basically cutting an entire warehouse and yeah. you know distribution area out of the supply line, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So you know it's a you know I think I think the shift to to getting our stuff online is happening, whatever. And I think we need to reassess what our high streets are used for. And you know because it's it's the center of a given community, isn't it? It's it's mm. where it's you know high streets are usually built in the middle of town. It's where everybody goes in from outside to get the stuff that they need. But you know what does that mean when everybody sits at home and orders the stuff that they need online? Well, perhaps they should be filled with uh, places that are of benefit to the community. You know, perhaps uh, yeah. they should be filled with, um, you know, arts venues, cafes, um, uh, like sort of casual therapy centers, you know, um, support yeah. centers, places where people can go. It's like, you know, um, one one big argument um, I saw for keeping libraries open um, was, uh, you know, the library is one of the few places where you can actually go and sit down for as long as you want and not be expected to buy something. Mm. And, you know, I think more places like that are necessary on our high streets. But, you know, the state has to kind of take responsibility for that because, you know, just just saying, right, this is a, a plot of commercial land that, uh, you know, uh, 
you know a plot of land for commercial businesses to to buy up rent out and uh, you know make money from it's i don't think it's it's going to last in quite the same way um yeah you know, i'm not I, saying I there isn't any room for commercial business on the high street but i do think there is as as commercial businesses start leaving and going online um those gaps sorry um could should be filled by more community oriented spaces and the arts um and theater can can play a, a brilliant role in that if they're yeah. if they're given the support uh to do so well yeah f- fingers crossed you know i just i i worry that i i, I see that I don't want the artist to become a kind of free commodity. Do, do you know what I mean? Like where, you know, when we replace the high street, but we're doing it all for free out of the good of our hearts, but everyone needs to eat at the same time. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, this is why I was saying that they, you know, they would need to be supported by yeah, uh, the yeah. state. You know, this is, you know, some things just don't work in um, a free capitalist market, like because they don't make money, but they are of benefit to people, and part of oh, the benefit just... is the easy access, and that's where the state should be stepping in and seeing this as a public service, as part of the infrastructure. And yeah. uh, you know, the old the old response to that is, uh, you know, oh well, this is uh, this is just arts and 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 well being stuff. It's all fannying around nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, not not hard work so not worthy of of uh of state funding or this that the other not worthy of uh, of our consideration really well, people should get on with themselves but um you know i think i think the the response to that is uh you know why shouldn't the state take the well-being of its citizens seriously and consider that part of its infrastructure well, what I th- say is that it's it, the government is always forced to take this capitalist approach. You know, you've set me down this road now. You might regret this. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, you know to, these to, ideas to everything. Are... Go for it. I, so, what I would say is that maybe at some point the government will recognise that the mental health crisis is costing them a lot of money and the Mm. climate crisis is costing them a lot of money. And at no point do I actually genuinely believe that these soulless men are going to change to the point where they will just become completely different people who are uncaring about power and uh, influence, and instead they care about social issues and the environment, right? Like, that's Caroline Lucas. She's awesome. It's not going to be anyone in the Tory party anytime soon, maybe a few of them. But I'm being, gen- you know, I'm generalizing. But it's, but, you I mean, know, the, so, yeah. I mean what, the thing with climate change is uh, you can't argue with it. Everybody dies, you know. So, yeah, ex- so exactly. sooner or later, they have to, they have to get to work on that. Like they don't get a choice in that one. You know? So we focus on the mental health crisis in, yeah. instead, because it's a bit more. So w- what I would say is that the government, instead of it's not a commodity to create a space for people to d- receive art. Uh, right it is self-care and it's therapy people need this stuff and people that especially young people um are having less to throw themselves into you know less to get invested in and people's consistency in their life is around nightclubs and things like that when your consistency is always tied to something like drinking i just think it's really sad that um, these spaces that people used to have to 
perform self-care on themselves and other people don't yeah. exist anymore. And it sounds like you're saying, replace Woolworth with this. I say, mm-hmm. awesome, do it. And not because <laughs> it's something that we would like, but it's because it's something that we bloody need. Like, yeah, man. I mean, you needs that. Yeah. If you, if you look, you know, you just have to look at the suicide rates for, you know, um, for, for the population in general, but especially amongst young people to see that this is, you know, this is a crisis. This is something we need to take seriously, people's mental health and well-being. And, you know, it's not, you know, I think I think just creating spaces, like we say, where people can come without, you know, any pressure to buy anything, to um, to achieve anything, to do anything, you know, just these spaces that are community hubs where people can interact with people, just have positive social interactions with people in, you know, in whatever capacity is, is most beneficial to them. You know, that that that's mm. a good thing that's you know that that keeps people healthier yeah. less stressed more productive it you know it also if you you know if you want capitalist justifications you know that creates jobs for people on the high street then because somebody's got to you know got to run these centers um and you know it it, it just how can it be a bad thing to have a more mentally stable and happier uh population is that not going to do anything except make you know except bring benefit to to the economy and the market you know all the things that the capitalists care about like for for now what i would say is we can push all this stuff and we'll continue to push it and creating in small towns a thriving culture which in some places only exists for the summer and pushing that out to the rest of the year is a good place to start but also maybe we do need to start as well by forcing it on them a little bit more like by taking it into the public space first the literal high street and then maybe if they like us they'll give us a building if we're lucky yeah well the (laughs) well the old the ultimate argument is you know we've uh we've tried it and tested it you know um we've done it ourselves as good as we can we've proven that it works um Mm. you know now get your act together we've proven you you know because at that point you can't argue can you like um so, well, yeah, you'd man. like to think that, wouldn't you? You've got people <laughs> setting up centres where people can take drugs safely and then they come and get arrested for providing needles and you think, well, the people would be doing it anyway, you know? Yeah. And say so that well, is not yeah. a system I mean, the, where yeah, the drug system does not recognise things that work. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the drugs thing is a, is a whole different question, but yes, that is something else that needs to be treated as a public health issue because, mm. you know, it's been treated as a criminal, a law and order issue for you know the past hundred years with uh generally you know well uh not not always increasing um you know ferocity but you know what i mean uh it's it's been pursued for the past hundred years or so and it's not worked you know yeah. we we figured out that prohibition didn't work in the 20s and we're still still trying it on all sorts of substances you know um from from substances that are extremely harmful to substances that are you know pretty damn harmless yeah. um so yeah that's that's another whole issue uh but we are getting close to uh wrapping up time so we won't <laughs> we won't jump into that one there we're not going to talk about decriminalization <laughs> i would love to talk about decriminalization but uh Listen, yeah, right. we'll next time another time yeah man absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i also want to talk about education reform next time because mm. i've got some ideas surrounding that as well. well yeah man hop on the politics podcast 
Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great, dude. Okay, cool. Um, well, I guess we'll leave it about there then. Um, just to remind everybody, uh, did you uh, did you have anywhere that uh, people can go to watch your stuff? Um, uh, you know, any YouTube, social media links, or what's coming up next? Diet, just give us a, a yeah. So I'll just give you my Instagram because on my Instagram you can find my YouTube, um, and it's uh, it's Dandelion Diary. Cool. That's underscore Dandelion underscore Diary. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, Jay, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's um, always thanks. a pleasure to talk to you, Milo. <laughs> Likewise. All right. Well, thank you so much, dude. Um, take care, man. And yeah, uh, yeah I'll catch you next time. Okay, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of The Art Show by Teapot Cast. Have a look in the description for links to more of Jay's work. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to check back soon for more discussions on politics and art. Until then, take care and take it easy.